All right. The Fitness Retention Podcast would like to welcome Tawny Donkin of Good Life Australia. What's up, Tawny? Hi. How are you? Great to be here. I'm fantastic, thank you. How are you? Um, I'm great. I'm always amazed at technology. I talked to someone from Israel earlier today. Wow. Um, now I'm talking to you in Australia. It's just crazy that tech can like facilitate these conversations and like we're, yeah. we're staring at each other. <laughs> that's really cool and it's not midnight for either of us, so that's great. That is true. It is not midnight. <laughs> um, so... Um, for the people who may not know who you are, can you give like a, a brief intro about you and your path to where you are in the industry now and maybe a little bit of background on Good Life? Yeah, sure. So I started in the industry over 10 years ago now. I've always worked in corporate uh, big box gyms, started down in Melbourne as a personal trainer. And I did that for about a year and a half before I brought on my first subcontractors. Uh, after about six months, I became 2IC and then became a PT manager at another club. Um, I kept moving to larger and larger clubs as PT manager and then I moved into a regional fitness director role with Good Life about five years ago now and made the big move from Melbourne all the way up to Brisbane. So uh, Good Life, we are only based in Australia. However, we do have uh, over 80 clubs across the country. We've got 30 of those within the state that I live in. And I support 10 of those, which I have a team of around 150 personal trainers wow. and fitness directors. Uh, we've also got some registered training organizations as well that deliver fitness certification. So I also manage and support those teams as well. So it's a, it's a large team. It's a whole lot of fun. That's awesome. Um, so you started out as a trainer and yeah. now you're managing 150 of them or working with yes. the people who are directly managing them. What about your experience early on as a trainer um, helps you do your job better and kind of like empathize and understand what they're going through? I don't know if this is the right answer, but failing. Okay. <laughs> failing a lot as a trainer really, I think, is the best way to, you know, every time you fail, you have to learn to overcome it and you know, hopefully you grow from it. So I think that every single thing that I've done wrong has kind of helped me to support the number of trainers that we have right now. And after you've been in the industry for 10 years, it's, it's, it's very rare that you come across something that will really surprise you or something that you haven't come across before. So it's just experience, it's just failing and learning from it and then being able to coach other people through that without being so emotionally involved. It's really hard if you are the trainer and you're kind of in a tricky situation with the client or with your business. Um, and that's where we come in as coaches and mentors where we can support them without that emotional attachment and just help them out with the experience that we have. And so you use the word mentor, coach, and support. Um, yes. And I watched a video that you did on Facebook Live, I think, like a few, a few months ago. I like to do a little bit of research for yeah. <laughs> And did I see that there's like a 12 week program or like mentoring program for new trainers at Good Life? Absolutely. So um, all of our clubs have a dedicated fitness director. We don't like to think of the fitness director as a manager. We like to think of them as a coach or a mentor. So part of their role is to run a 12 week development program for every new personal trainer as they come into the club so that they can learn all of the things that they need to put in place to be successful, but then it doesn't stop there. We just continue to coach them and mentor them 
hopefully once a week if they're keen to do that. If not, that's okay as well, but the support is all there on offer for them to make sure they're as successful as possible. And hey, business coaching sometimes turns into a bit of life coaching and mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it can cover a really broad range of things, but ultimately our goal is to make sure that they're in a position to be as successful as possible. And so that's what I find really interesting is like, you and I both are aware of the high turnover in fitness and like within, yeah. I mean, even like big box gyms, right? Like there is an unusually high turnover. And I, I have a, it's not a theory, it's a belief that a lot of that has to do with training or the lack thereof. Um, so when you're, when you're like onboarding a new trainer, what are the things that they are either they're lacking or they're most hungry to learn that you think other companies could adopt well to Im reduce employee retention or sorry, increase employee retention for the entire industry. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I think that what they're lacking and what they're hungry to learn are two different things. They don't always want to learn the thing that they need to learn. But okay. something that we often find that trainers or brand new trainers are lacking, it's just those people skills and emotional intelligence. So we find that they just, they don't know how to talk to strangers. They don't know how to approach people in our gyms. They're so used to making friends these days on the internet mm -hmm. and on their phones that they kind of lost the skill to talk to a real person. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the biggest thing. If we can teach them or give them skills that will help them to talk to people and relate to people, that will get them so far. Even the trainers with the worst personal training skills can do really well if they get people. Yeah. So that I think is the thing that they're most often lacking when they come into our clubs. The things that they want to learn are right now the number one thing is social media. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll support their business, but it's not the, the be all and end all that they might think that it is. And quite often they just feel that they don't have the practical skills as well. So they might know the basics around a squat and a bench and a deadlift, but what they think that they really need to know is the ins and outs of how to use all of the complex equipment hmm. rather than understanding movement better. So that's what we find that they're wanting to learn when they come to us. So when you, when you think about like, we'll just use like soft skills or communication or empathy, like all of these things that are important ultimately to developing a trainer and selling personal training how do you how do you tell someone that this is what you need to work on and then how do you systematically build up those skills i mean 12 weeks isn't like i mean i would think it's not long enough to develop strong communication skills or like sales ask question asking um so how do you kind of like build them from the ground up and get to them to the point where they can go out and make a living yeah, great question. So we start off every new trainer, even before they go into that 12-week development program, they start off with a three-day personal training induction. Mm -hmm. And in the first day, we kind of show them that they don't necessarily have the skills. And then after they realize that I'm actually not really great at this, we then teach them a couple of basics on how they can improve those things. And we also understand that if if it's scary and if it's hard, they're probably not going to do it. So we want to make it as easy as possible. So one of the first things that we tell our, or we teach a brand new trainer to do when they're in their clubs and we get them to practice this with the strangers in the room in induction is step one, make eye contact. And what happens from there? Do they smile at you? Do they say hi? Or do they 
look to the side? Do they look at their phone? Because that's going to be a really easy way to tell if that person's open to having a conversation today or maybe not today's the day. Maybe they just want to be left alone. Maybe that's not going to go too well for you. So that's step one. Mm -hmm. Step two is to ideally give them a compliment about something. So rather than jumping in and asking them about their training or about their goals, that's a pretty intimidating thing for a, a member who might see the trainer as a big scary fitness professional mm-hmm. and they're not going to feel like they've got anything to of, of value to add to that conversation but if they give them a compliment maybe on their their runners or on their watch or the phone that they're carrying whatever it might be it's something that they know and they can relate to and we can start a conversation about that mm-hmm. and then we ideally want them to find something they have in common with that person and something that's unique or interesting about that person so the next time they meet them they've already got some conversation starters and hopefully those things will help them to remember that person and their name and their face a little bit better moving forward so it's just a teaching them a non-intimidating method of talking to complete strangers and we often relate it as well I give them the example of if you're walking into a clothing store and the shop assistant or retail assistant says straight away to you hey can I help you their natural response is often no I'm good thanks no, I'm just looking. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, they're kind of doing that in our gyms. They're walking in and going, hey, can I help you with something? Can I, can I give you a spot? Can I give you some tips? Mm-hmm. And our members are probably thinking, well, you don't know me. How do you know that you can help me? But what if that retail assistant started to talk about your runners? And then that went on to, hey, so what did you do on the weekend? And that led into a, a conversation. And what do you think will happen next? And most trainers have said, well, actually, I'll probably ask them for help. So once they start to realise that and then apply that to the gym environment, mm-hmm. it's a lot less scary for them. And also to help them to understand that, look, if someone's not open to chatting with you today, that's, that's not a reflection on you. They could, you don't know what's going on in their life. They could be having a bad day. They might have just had a crappy meeting at work. Maybe there's some relationship issues, some finance issues. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. Try again tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, like... I mean, I, I've been in the industry for seven years. I've been a trainer for six years. And it's funny, like when you start out as a trainer, you kind of think that you have like one opportunity to like, quote unquote, sell someone. And yeah. best way to do that is to like demonstrate knowledge or expertise right away. And I tend to like now be like lean towards the fact, um, do you know how spies, do you know how spies like, kind of run espionage units no but should i be concerned that you do no 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 so i just read read a book about how um spies basically like switch um they run like counterintelligence efforts all this yada 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 whatever what they do is they they start off just by being visible if they're tracking someone or targeting someone they'll just move to their neighborhood and see them in passing once every week and then twice a week and then they'll eat at the same restaurant for lunch and then they'll say hi after like six months and I think a lot of it is just being visible to the member if someone comes up to you and they've never seen you it's a lot more intimidating than if you just make yourself known say hi ask how they are just kind of like honestly be there and be visible I think that's like the foot in the door for a lot of trainers Um, and it's not like every time you see someone you don't have to sell them you can just tell them like you said like how great they look that you know it's it's great that they're i've seen you three days in a row or whatever it is like 
there's a ton of incremental value added when you just are there and you're complimenting someone and you're giving them a, like a better day. Um, so talk to me about like the, the path from week zero to week 12, when someone graduates that training or, you know, that like intensive part of the training, what is the expectation on them? Okay, so uh, day one of the personal training induction is all about all of our programs and also the, the good life vibe and culture. So we just teach them, you know, who we are, what it means to be part of the good life family and all of the different things that we have in place to support them as personal trainers. Mm -hmm. uh, day one also includes a lot of those soft skills where we teach them customer service and how to talk to strangers. And day two is all about PT sales. We understand that it's, it's absolutely petrifying for a lot of trainers to sell themselves and to talk about money. So the second day is completely about sales. Uh, day three is a barbell course. So it's just teaching them how to use a barbell a lot better and how to relate those movements to anything, whether it's a kettlebell or a dumbbell, just understanding movement better. From mm -hmm. there, they go through and do four online CEC accredited courses. So I'm not too sure if you have CECs over there, but they're continuing education credits to get renewed with their Fitness Australia registration. So they come out of induction with five certifications, which is pretty cool. Wow. And 23 wow. continuing education credits, which is more than they need in a two year period to renew. So that's a really great start for them. Yeah. And then over the 12 weeks, they meet one on one with their fitness director to go through that 12 week development program. That includes things like how to implement what they've learned and induction into their business because that looks different for every every trainer. They all have different goals, different target markets. We need to really personalize it for them. They go through a lot more sales, customer service. They go through client retention. They go through some of the practical elements as well. And we teach them some of the basics around our programs like our eight-week challenge and our 12-week challenge so that they understand how they work mm -hmm. and how to successfully take a client and support a client through those challenges. So that's the first 12 weeks. And then we have one-on-one -on -one mentoring and coaching with, with our personal trainers as frequently as possible. So what we recommend for them is in their first 12 weeks, they see their fitness director two to three times per week. Wow. Up to the six month mark, we still recommend once a week. Mm -hmm. The remainder of their first year, fortnightly is probably a really good time frame. And then after they've hit that point where they're pretty happy with their business, we recommend monthly at a minimum to come in and see their fitness director for ongoing development. But then outside of that, we run group training within the, the club, within the whole PT team. So we like to get them together for some team building, for workshops. And we also run what we call a business builders program, which we run once uh, or sorry, every second month, where we invite all of our personal trainers from all of our sites around Queensland to come in for a couple of hours and learn about one one main topic so our next one will be on social media because it's what they're begging us for so we, we've got plenty of support in place for them um, and one of the other things that we really love to give them to support in Queensland anyways is we have a, an open Facebook group for our trainers uh -huh. and I know a lot of companies are really hesitant about doing that a lot of gym owners think that our oh, people are going to be negative or they're going to vent or what what's gonna come out of it. And we've run it for a few years now. It's been really, really effective for communication, for development. And for Facebook groups now, you can actually set up your Facebook group to have a tab that has units. Mm -hmm. And the units is where I jump in there and do Facebook Live tutorials on different things or Facebook Live series on whether it is 
social media or it could be lead generation and they can go into the unit section and click off that they've gone through all of that training. So it's just an extra level of support. We're meeting them where they, where they are on their phone, on social media. They can check it out any time, day or night and go back and, and see all of the training that we're able to provide for them. So that is more support than I've ever heard of talking to all of the gyms that I've spoken to. Yeah, and I think that that's a real point of difference for us. We, we definitely pride ourselves on the support that we're able to provide personal trainers. And I think that's also why we're able to have so many, why I can have 10 clubs with 150 personal trainers across them. That is insane. So, I mean, kudos, congratulations. Like, um, I think that's extremely impressive and it's something that the industry needs. And I'm sure that you see that other clubs aren't doing that to that extent, right? Yeah, yeah. And the, the tricky thing for us is that our personal trainers that work with us, they're all independent contractors. So they all run their own businesses within our club. So it's a little bit different from having an employee where you can deliver training where they must be there. Yeah. Our trainers show up if they want to. So I think for us, the more that we put out, the more chance that a trainer is going to come along to just one of those workshops or see just one of those online videos because we know that they're not going to do everything and see everything. So we just want to make sure that they're upskilling in some way. That's awesome. Um, what effect does that have on employee retention? Um, I think it's got a great impact on, on retention of our independent contractors mm -hmm. because they know that if they leave because they're not successful, that we have done everything that we can to support them. So it hasn't been a lack of training or development or support. Quite often it's something going on in their own life that has meant they haven't been able to dedicate the time that they need to within their business. Mm -hmm. On the flip side of that, if they're leaving us because they're going to open up their own studio or they're becoming a fitness director or they're going on to bigger and better things, then for us, we're, as much as we don't want to lose our trainers, we're kind of proud of that as well, that, that we've been able to get them to that point where they're ready to, to launch their own brand. Yeah, that's huge. Um, so I've, I've sent over a number of questions, but I have a bunch that I just like want to ask you based on what, you, what you've told me already. Um, what do you find, I look at, so I started my consultancy by looking at the sales process after taking 50 gym tours and noticing that it was really intense during the actual like tour and trying to close process. But then once you join the support and the like setting the member up for success isn't nearly um, as emphasized as the actual sales cycle. So yeah. I think I saw something about you guys doing like three sessions to onboard or acclimate a member and induct, I believe is the word that um, was used. Can you talk to me about that and how once someone joins, you set them up for success? Yeah, so that's what we call the kickstart. It is optional for the member. If the member is not open to the three sessions with a personal trainer, we then offer them one to see if that's something that they're interested in. The three sessions are quite structured. So right at the start, we sit the member down and, and all these sessions are conducted with the one personal trainer. Mm -hmm. Session one is to talk about their goals and their needs. Uh, and also their exercise history. Then we'll take them through a really basic session based around those goals and their needs. And also that's the trainer's opportunity to really assess where they're at. Mm -hmm. And then after that, they'll talk about a plan in between session one and session two and also let them know what session three 
is going to look like as well. Mm -hmm. Session two, we start off at, right at the beginning with taking them through a really basic program. And we give them a basic program because that's what our members are asking for when they come through the door. Mm -hmm. So we give them a program and then after that, we take them through a pretty awesome personal training session so that we can also show them the contrast between program on your own versus amazing personal training session. Yeah. So quite often after seeing the two, the member thinks, well, obviously I want to work with the trainer. That was so much more fun. Mm -hmm. I know I wanted a program, but maybe personal training is a little bit more for me. And then session three we go through a little bit of a review of how they've gone so far. We go through another workout and then we go through what they will do ongoing from there. So whether that is continuing with that personal trainer or will we be recommending some group fitness classes or how many times per week do we think that they should be coming into the gym or what they'll do outside the gym, whether it's walking the dog or playing with their kids or is nutrition what they need to work on. So it's putting in, in place that long-term plan and also setting a follow-up date if they're not going to continue with that training just to make sure that we've got someone to check in with them yeah. to see how they're going. So it sounds like you guys really front load the relationship with care. Like yeah. employee and from the member vantage. Yeah, well, for us, we know that what, what really helps our member attention is relationships. So the more relationships that they can have with people in our club, whether that is the receptionist that says hi to them every day, or whether that's the personal trainer that took them through their kickstart, even if they didn't convert and, and they just see that trainer regularly, we know those relationships is what keeps the members there because it's social accountability. Mm -hmm. And if we don't connect them with anyone, they kind of they often walk around lost. They don't really make many friends and they see the gym as a transaction rather than a community where they want to be. And so my, my next question is going to be, do you measure the average length of stay for the members that have gone through the Kickstart program and those that have not? We do, probably no surprise, but it's significantly longer. Uh, we find that with a member who doesn't take up the kickstart, the first 12 weeks is where we see real drop off. And especially after the first three. So it's pretty quick for someone to go, yes, I've joined a gym, I'm gonna come three to four times a week. And then after three weeks, they've dropped down to once. Yeah. After 12, sometimes it's once a month, unfortunately. But if they've committed to, if they've done at least three sessions with a personal trainer, already they're creating really good habits. Mm -hmm. They feel like they have some kind of structure, some kind of support. They're building relationships with the trainer, with the, the trainers, other clients, with members in the club. And they've got someone who's actually checking in on them regularly to say, hey, how, how's your training going? Notice you haven't been here in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Is everything okay? Is there anything that we can help you with? And so a lot of companies try to automate that. Yes. Um, do you do that as a mix between automation and in-person touches? Is that only in-person? How does that look? I have to say that automation is probably not our strong suit. We don't, we don't often automate a lot of things. Uh -huh. um, however, all of those conversations will happen either with the personal trainer or with our customer service team. So they are by phone call. We don't, you know, send out um, a regular email to check up on them. Like I know that some of our competitors do. They are, we are going old school with phone calls mm -hmm. and ideally with the personal trainer is to actually get them back into club to sit down for just a, a bit of a catch up in person if they're open to doing that. I don't think you guys would be a very good client for me. I don't want to rule it out. <laughs> but I think you guys do most of the stuff the right way. 
Yeah, I guess it depends on how you look at it. It's definitely more time consuming for us, but also we really value our people. And if we didn't have people doing these things, we wouldn't be able to have the people that we have within our teams. So there's pros and cons to it. But I think that at the end of the day, it's just the members the most important thing here. Yeah. Amen. Um, Okay. So talk to me a little bit about um, kind of like a, a high level question. What are you for in the business of fitness? In the business of fitness, I'm for anything that gets someone moving. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's a lot of uh, contradictions out there and there's a lot of opinions out there as to what's the right way to train, the right style to train, the right exercises, the right environment. But ultimately, I think that anything to get someone moving is right for them. Mm-hmm. Anything is better than nothing. So you might have the one perfect way of training, but if someone doesn't enjoy that, they're not going to do it and that's not going to benefit their health and fitness. So I, I'm really for just anything that gets people moving. At what point in your career did you form that belief? Um, I would say probably took a couple of years initially as a brand new trainer. I just wanted to listen to what all of the, uh, all the senior personal trainers were doing. And I thought, okay, so that's the right way to, to train and that's the right, the, the right way to eat. And I had to have those runners and I had to have that brand and I had to have this piece of equipment. It took probably maybe three years until I started to just expand a little bit. And a lot of that just came down to further education and meeting some really cool mentors in the industry that just said straight away that, look, there's no black and white in this industry. It's just a whole heap of gray. It's what's right for that individual. And that really resonated with with me. Awesome. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I tell people to not do things that they, well, sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. I always, when I start and I don't take on new clients anymore because I'm, I focus on building this business, but when I was taking on new clients, some of my first couple questions are like, how can I be the most helpful to you? Um, what do you like doing? What do you not like doing? Because I want to build you something that you're going to actually look forward to doing. Um, so I, I agree with, with what you're saying. I mean, of course, like if you have certain shoes, they're going to be better for a CrossFit workout than like a powerlifting workout or, you know, whatever. But I think honestly, having setting up understanding why someone wants to do something what they want to do why they want to do it and then how to actually make it um digestible for them is the most important thing because if if they're dreading going to the gym you're going to lose them as a personal training client and you're going to lose them as a member of the gym because they need to associate the brand in the gym with positive emotions so i think you have to set people up for success by doing things that they like gradually introducing things that are good for them. Um, Maybe it's foam rolling and they hate foam rolling, but they see why it's important. So starting with stuff they like and then getting towards stuff that they see as beneficial once they start to see results. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. And all of that comes with, but after they start to trust you, they start to then follow you. And yeah, it's not so scary then, but we've got to get that trust first, which is really cool. I was yeah. lucky enough to work with a, a guy called Chad Timmermans, who's a sports psychologist who came into our clubs, uh, oh, I think maybe eight years ago now, came into our clubs and interviewed a lot of our members and, were, and interviewed members who had stopped training with the personal trainer. So they had started and then they had stopped. Mm-hmm. And they went through, what he did was to find out rather than just ticking a couple of boxes around, was it money, was it time, was it, you know, all the things that they tend to tell 
the personal trainer, but he really got down to the, the real psyche around what was the real reason as to why they stopped to give us more insight as to what members are really looking for. Mm -hmm. And it really came down to the trainer pushing their own agenda rather than aligning with what the member's agenda was. So there was that misalignment uh, because from day one, the trainers say, no, you need to do bodybuilding, whereas the member's like, but I really like cardio. Or the trainers go, no, we have to do heavy deadlifts. And the member's like, can we just use some kettlebells? That's what I enjoy. So that was really cool to see that research done within big box gyms to find out the real reasons as to why yeah. people yeah. don't connect with their trainer. I think there's also a bit of responsibility that needs to fall on the club or clubs for setting the people up or the member up with the right trainer. Um, yeah. And I think that we, we actually, at, a, at one of the gyms that I consult with, there is someone who's, that is their only job, is getting people into the right trainer's schedule. Um, and I think like that can make a huge difference, not only in the business, but in the member's life. Like, a lot of times coaches and trainers are like kind of similar to therapists, not to that degree. But if you set someone up with the absolute right person, they're going to want to buy and they're going to want to buy your gym. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. It's, it's two sided. It's the trainer and it's the gym's responsibility. I think. Yeah, I love, I love that you've got someone completely dedicated to doing that. I think that's really cool. We changed a couple of years ago from previously our fitness directors would align the member with the personal trainer, but the, the fitness director had never met the member. They had a sheet with some boxes ticked and a little bit of information. So we've changed that now so the membership consultant or the sales team will actually connect them with the personal trainer because they're the, they've met with them face-to-face -face and we, we don't necessarily look to connect them with the right set of qualifications we, we're trying to really connect them with the right personality for that member your member or your membership or your salespeople do they train with the client or train with the trainers to get an idea of their style and their communication style and everything like that yeah so part of their onboarding is to go through that kickstart process with trainers so they do do that and also we like to make sure that we integrate them with into the team as best as possible so um i've got a one club in particular with a brand new membership consultant and he's, he's paying for personal training with three personal trainers right now because he did a kickstart with three of them and he just loved them so much so he's like i, I can't choose so he wants to keep training with, with all three, which is a little bit extreme, but it's just so important that they know the team and the better they know the team, they're going to help each other. At the yeah. end of the day, the, the trainers constantly referring members to our clubs as well. And if they've got a really close relationship with the membership consultant, they can also point out the right membership consultant for that potential member as well. Yeah, that's huge. That's, um, that's I would say, like industry leading practices right there. I just think it's getting them together as a team. If like, why would they not get to know the trainers and why would the trainers not get to know the sales team? You're working within the same space. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, so what are you against in the business of fitness? What am I against? Um, I would have to say anything that is a cookie cutter approach, one size fits all. Um, and I really struggle to get on board with people who preach that, you know, this is the only way to do something. This is the this is the right exercise. This is the wrong exercise. So I think it's preaching mm -hmm. that I'm probably against even forms of exercise that I don't necessarily enjoy or agree with. I see that there is a, a purpose for them with certain people because it's getting them to do something. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so one of the big questions that I like to ask, and I think that your experience from going from a trainer all the way to where you are now will be really interesting with this question. And this is one of the questions that like initially when I saw your profile on LinkedIn, I was like, Oh, I, I have to have her on the show. Um, what do you think every gym can do starting tomorrow boutique or big box or low value or sorry, <laughs> Uh, low price. Um, what can those gyms do starting tomorrow to have the long-term effect of making more money or increasing revenue? I think at the end of the day, it is all about relationships. So the better you can connect members with the people within your club, um, even if it is connecting them with other members, I think that that is going to keep them a lot longer. And it's so much easier to keep a member than it is to replace them and have to go through that whole process. It's a lot cheaper to keep a member as well rather than replacing them. And the same thing really goes for your staff and for your trainers. So by connecting people and getting better at people, you're going to be able to retain more members, more trainers, more staff, and therefore you're going to have a lot more money. And if they think of your club or your facility as the community, they're also going to refer people as well because that's the place where they feel at home. That's the place where they feel like they belong and you know, it's going to make things a lot easier for the sales team because people are just going to be coming in. So I think <laughs> that it's all about people. Yeah. Um, perfect answer. Um, how about the same question, but saving time? What's something that every gym can do starting tomorrow that will have the long-term effect of saving time? Saving time, I think, as I mentioned earlier, we're not the best at automating, so we're, we're definitely not the best at saving time, but um, systemizing things is definitely something that's important. So even though we don't automate things, we do systemize pretty much everything. And that goes from uh, the systems and the programs that our um, receptionists use, our sales team use, our personal trainers use, and our fitness directors use, so that we can track everything, we systemize everything, and that really does save them a really great deal of time. Also, we like to run programs within our clubs that allow us to connect people really easily um, with some really cool events like an eight-week challenge or a 12-week challenge because it might not sound like it's something that saves time, but because you are running group sessions and we have a really fun gala dinner at the end of it where we just get everyone together in one place at one time, I think that that is a really cool thing just to to connect people and if that's their ultimate goal it's a it's a great way to do it can you give me can you give me an example of something that like maybe in the last 12 months you've either automated or systemized or systematized yeah. whatever the word is where not necessarily like how did you do it but what made you realize it needed to be done yeah, so I think probably the biggest thing that's had a huge impact with my team anyways has been around the recruitment of personal trainers. Hmm. So we used to use old school spreadsheets, which was a little bit more advanced than what some of the other regions were doing, but everything had to be entered into a spreadsheet. Every name of every new recruitment lead, their contact details, where you source the lead, and you had to jump into that spreadsheet to type in absolutely everything about that person. It was really old school and I found it really, really hard to constantly uh, make sure that it was up to date and that mm -hmm. the team were actually using it. There's something that we've done uh, only in the last couple of months. We've started using a program called Gym Sales mm -hmm. and Gym Sales is not designed for PT recruitment. It's designed for membership sales. So mm -hmm. what we've done is we've actually used that program 
for recruitment instead. So rather than a, a membership lead, we, we see them as recruitment leads. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than a, a trial, we see that as someone as, who's coming into our clubs to do work experience. Mm-hmm. And a sale is actually a signed contract or a new personal trainer into our business. But the cool thing is that the system has completely automated everything that we do in terms of uh, when we get a new lead, it will send them communication. When we book an appointment, it will send them the details and a reminder that their interview is coming up. So we can have a calendar in there for our team just to jump in and see when all of their interviews are, who's shown up, who's converted, uh, who wasn't right for the business. So all of that is now tracked. They can email through the platform. They can text through the platform. They can send email and text in bulk. Um, and even uh, have automated fields for the person's first name, uh, the club name, and you can see just every single bit of communication both ways is completely tracked. It's a really cool system. So I think that's probably the biggest thing that we've done, at least in the personal training side of things, to really help our fitness directors. Hmm, that's awesome. It's like yeah, so not, not what it was designed to do, but we've uh, yeah. we found it useful. A good workaround. Uh, yeah. So. You seem like you're extremely passionate about your job. Of course. I love it. What's something that you need to work on uh, in terms of either giving your employees a better experience or increasing your effectiveness in your job? Um, I think something that I personally need to work on is delegation. So I like to, I do a lot of stuff myself and I've got a lot of team members who are really, really great at what they do. And we do an amazing job with a lot of the things that I do as well. So I think that for me personally, learning how to give them a little bit more responsibility and having them take charge of certain components of of what I do uh, would really help not only me, but help them to learn and to grow. So I think that just for me personally, that's probably the biggest thing that at least I need to work on. And how do you manage that like internal growth or like that skill growth? Yeah, so I know my team really well. So I know their strengths and their weaknesses. I also know where each of them want to go. Mm-hmm. And we talk about their, their long-term goals and their long-term plans quite regularly. And even if that isn't long-term within the company, if they want to open up their own gym or studio, whatever that looks like for them, it's looking at what skills they need and what skills would support them and trying to align that with the different parts of, of my role so that if I am on holidays or if I'm sick, if I step out of, out of my role for a couple of weeks, my team know exactly what to do and I've got different people that can just step in and just run different things. So I think that's, that's probably the main thing that I can work on right now. So you match people's career aspirations or goals, things they want to learn with business needs? Yeah, so I've got a lot of team members who just really want to step up in different areas. So a perfect example is the ones that just love ongoing training development, quite often absolutely love running our personal training induction. So it's just identifying that that's something that they're really interested in and then making sure that it's the right fit, getting them trained up and then getting them in to present our inductions. And we find that every single induction, whether they present it or I present it, we are not just teaching the group of trainers. We always learn from them as well. We always get some cool questions or cool ideas and every single induction we walk away learning something new. So they learn from both sides of it, from presenting as well as from all of the students and, and progressing in their career. That's awesome. Um, yeah. All right, some of the softer questions now. Um, Tommy, what's a book that you've read recently that had a big impact on you? 
or I don't really do books anymore. Um, I listen to the occasional audio book. Okay. Probably the most recent audio book I listened to would be, um, and I've listened to it probably 10 times <laughs> uh, because I, it does have such a good impact on me. And it's just How to Win Friends and Influence People in the Digital Age by Dale Carnegie and Associates. Mm-hmm. So it is the newer adaptation of his original book. And it's a, something that I give to most of my brand new fitness directors as well, just because I find that it helps them to lead people better. So I, I just like to read, oh, I like to listen to it regularly just as a bit of a refresher. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just absolutely loving podcasts at the moment. No podcasts in Australia aren't quite as big as, the, as they are over in the US. They're definitely growing and, and developing, but so many people over here still say, what's a podcast? Like, is that a video? Where do I get it? How much does it cost? Mm-hmm. They just don't get it. And as soon as I worked out this thing called podcast, I was like, that's amazing. It's like free education. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's what I'm, I'm loving at the moment. So which podcast do you listen to then? Which podcast? Uh, some of my favourites, uh, fitness industry related, would be the Fitness Business Podcast. Um, there's another one called The Art of Charm, which is really based around those soft skills. So I love that one as well. Um, there are only a few episodes in, but I don't know if you've heard of Face to Face, which was designed by Facebook. It's actually really cool and it's based around marketing. Hmm. So I actually found that quite fascinating as well. I don't know that one, but I know the first two. I feel like The Art of Charm, um, I haven't listened to it since it switched over from, I think it was Jordan Harbinger, Harbinger was the previous host. Is the new, are the new hosts good? Yeah, they are. And I just think that it really helps with, as I mentioned earlier, a bit of the gap that we have within our teams being the soft skills. So I just love listening to those episodes. And in our Facebook group, I'm always just saying at least once a week, hey guys, listen to this episode, <laughs> listen to this podcast, get on board, free education for you. Um, so another light question. Um, let's say you are packing a gym bag for the rest of your life and you have three things in it, but you've already got clothes and you've already got music. What's in your bag? Three things for your gym bag for the rest of your life. That's a, that's a pretty big question. Music is definitely important. Well, I don't listen to music at the gym. I I listen to podcasts. Um, (laughs) Oh, I'm pretty simple. I'd have to say deodorant, water, and, uh, Probably another pair of runners because I'm kind of obsessed. I've probably got about 30 pairs. Oh, really? I should show you my closet. <laughs> Look. Oh, address some things. Oh, wait, we moved them. My fiance, went, <laughs> uh, like remodel of the, or like reshifting of everything. I, I collect Nikes and Jordans. Oh, how many do you have? I used to have a lot more. I sold a lot of them because um, it was obsessive. I had like 55 at one time. 55 oh pairs. wow and i thought my collection was big that's impressive uh i've been i was collecting since i was like 18 now so um wow. i would say now I, I don't have more than 30. <laughs> wow see most people think i'm weird because most girls love heels and collecting heels but no give me runners any day okay are you like um sneakers or are you like um workouts like what how, how, like what's in your collection uh, I'd say probably 50% of them would be Nike Freeze. Okay, cool. Yeah. And do you match your outfits to your shoes? Yeah, yeah. It's the girliest thing to do, but yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> <You've been pointed. laughs> um, 
Awesome. So um, we'll wrap up in a few minutes here, but um, my last question is always, uh, what do you want your legacy on the industry to be? Um, I just like to, the reason I got into the industry initially uh, was, was, as most people do, to, to help people. And when I was just personal training one-on-one, I was able to help one person at a time and I looked at my client base and I could impact a certain number of lives and one of the reasons why I became a PT manager or a fitness director initially was because then I could help the personal trainers to be successful the more successful that they were the more lives that they were able to impact mm -hmm. and then being able to move into a regional role now I impact the fitness directors who impact the personal trainers so the number of lives that I can have an impact on by helping them is just incredible so that, that's pretty much the main thing just to just have an impact on mm -hmm. someone uh, even if it was just one little thing that I was able to teach them that made their life better, mm -hmm. that, that's what I'd love to do. Awesome. Um, how can people find you, Tani? How can they find me? Uh, well, you found me on LinkedIn, so you can find me on LinkedIn. Tani Donkin, as far as I'm aware, I'm the only one out there, so you can't miss me. Um, and if anyone wanted to uh, get in touch by email at all, uh, it's tani.donkin, so T-A-H-N-E-E dot d-o-n-k-i-n at goodlife.com.au sweet um anything exciting in the pipe for like the next six months or year for you or good life uh, there's a lot of exciting things actually we've got a few meetings about them today but right now we're rapidly expanding with clubs so we're about to open three brand new clubs in queensland which is pretty cool so we've got new clubs coming. We've recently merged uh, with another company. So that brings in a whole uh, new group of people and new products and new experiences. So that has had a huge positive impact on our business. Mm -hmm. We're rolling out uh, some cool new programs that we've taken over from them. So Arena is one of those where it's kind of an MMA style, high intensity workout, mm -hmm. which is in a ring. So it's pretty cool. Uh, we're rolling that out at the moment and we're just constantly developing new things and using the expertise within our teams to, to constantly develop. We've just rewritten our personal training induction and we're rolling out our first one tomorrow. So lots of exciting things happening at the moment. Nice. You guys have got a uh, full calendar. We do. <laughs> um, awesome. All right. So um, I want to wrap up. I want to thank Tani for coming on the show. Thank you. Um, and yeah, it's been, a, it's been a real treat. I mean, I think this would be a really good show, um, a really good listen for maybe clubs that are looking to implement one or two things that are going to affect employee or client retention. Um, you probably named 10 that are really good, but I can tell you with 100% certainty, not every club has all <laughs> of the things buttoned up, um, or at least like seemingly as buttoned up as you guys do. So there are probably 10 things in here, although you mentioned one that could make clubs more money. There's probably 10. Um, and I'm going to write that in the description because I think that this is a really <laughs> powerful, powerful episode to hear like a real life example of the things that I often preach um, are really important and to hear that you guys are doing it well. It's awesome to hear. And, you know, thank you for coming on the show and, and teaching me a lot in the process. Thank you very much for having me. I've had a lot of fun. Awesome. Great to meet you, Tani. Thank you. You too.